Welcome to the Healerology Podcast. This is a show about healing, healers, and methods to dissolve emotional, physical, and spiritual challenges. I'm your host, Dominic, a student of life, a sharer of knowledge, and a guide to achieving inner peace. The goal of this show is to teach you how to become your own healer, discover and connect to the power inside of you, and live your best life. So, let's get to healing. Hey everyone. So, here we are again. I'm with Donato Hebling this time on the Healology Podcast. And Donato is an integrative life specialist, uh, but I'm sure he's going to tell us uh, a lot more. And so, you know, Donato, typically I do in the podcast, I just really try to introduce people to different ways of growing, different ways of, of healing. So, you know, I'm on this path largely out of curiosity and I found out some interesting things. And so my desire is to, is to share it. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, like other guests on my podcast, uh, you know, you've figured out, uh, you know, practices, methodology for, for that, for growth and expansion. You know, you're a teacher yourself, you share, um, you know, what you've learned with other people. So just like to pick your brain a bit and, you know, understand a bit of, of your path and hopefully what you share here can help other people on their journey, or at least, you know, spark some, some insight that will like move them like a step closer to wherever they, they might want to be. Well, thank you for having me though. I appreciate it. Yeah, I really, really appreciate it. So, you know, I, I know a a few things about you, not everything, which is great. So we can get it all on on the podcast. So uh, one of the things I I know is that you instruct people in the Wim Hof breathing method. Mm-hmm. And, you know, would love to hear some some detail about that. I actually was able to participate in one, a Wim Hof experience in one of the Mammy parking garages. Uh, oh, yeah. I was there. Uh, it was great. It was wonderful. That was fun. That was a fun yeah. day. And I also know that you uh, are uh, an, an improv person of, of, yeah. of some expertise because unbeknownst to me at the time, we were all graduating at our different levels during the same night. So I was doing uh, the level one graduation. I think you were doing like the, maybe the level two or, or, or three. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I know you have, of course, interest outside of that. So I guess, you know, to roll back a bit. So there was a period of time, you know, before you're doing the, the Wim Hof um, mm-hmm. and haven't mentioned it, but I know there was a period of time before you're doing Budokan. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what were you, uh, what was your path prior to say like the inflection point where you said, Hey, let me go more internal or let me mm. work on this thing to, you know, resolve this aspect of myself. I'd like to work on. Okay. Well, I, I grew up thinking too much. <laughs> I did not play any sports growing up. I was a fat kid growing up so um i didn't i wasn't very physically involved in my my life was not a lot about physicality it was more about mental uh it was about intelligence and intellect right my mom is an architect my dad's an engineer so in my household it was more about well, at least the way that i perceived it uh, it was about developing this intellectual um this intellectual capacity more than anything. So I, I am an engineer. I studied electrical and computer engineering. That's what I went to university for. And I grew up in South America. So when I moved to the United States to go to college, I always had this curiosity towards martial arts. More than anything towards the philosophical side of martial arts, you know, all these life lessons that are hidden within the learning of these techniques. That was always a process that to me was fascinating. Um, I grew up, in, I'm an only child, so I spent a lot of time alone. And I think that made me very introspective and very reflective because you don't have a lot of time to just be distracted because your brother's beating you up or something. <laughs> so, uh, Been there, done that. <laughs> so, so the process of introspection was always there, but it never had a, it never had a purpose. It was just, I'm bored, so I'm thinking. And I would just probably drown in playing computers or make building computers, things like that. But when I moved to the United States, 
and I didn't have, uh, you know, I had more freedom, right? Because I was living alone, going to college in Philadelphia. Uh, in the university, I started seeing all these different like kung fu clubs, like capoeira clubs, or the Brazilian jiu-jitsu clubs. So they had all these different opportunities for me to go into it, and I fell in love with it. And honestly, as soon as I started studying engineering, I hated it. I didn't hate engineering. I hated studying engineering because uh, it was too theoretical and, and it was just too much homework and too much thinking. Again, I was like, I, I was looking forward to actually building stuff and doing things and, and learning and getting my hands dirty. And uh, if you want to do that, don't study engineering. Mm. That's the first thing that I have to share with your audience. <laughs> Tell your kids not to do it. Now, uh, now it's, it's beautiful. I love, I still continue to work as an engineer. I love my work. I just didn't enjoy studying it. So one of the things that helped me cope with not liking studying was loving studying martial arts. So I studied, um, you know, I studied uh, Kung Fu, like a few different styles of Kung Fu. I studied Capoeira. I studied Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Krav Maga, Karate, Taekwondo. And within all of those, all of those have their own forms of meditation, their own forms of breath work. So I was always very involved in that and very fascinated with that. But more than anything, the philosophical lessons that came. And I started realizing little by little that I am an artist. I didn't know that. Mm. You know, that I love expressing myself. Um, you mentioned that I, that I do improv. By the way, I'm having my graduation show for my BT4 level, for my last level on Tuesday. So oh, if you want to come, come and watch it at 9 p.m. It's going to be fun. Um, so, but even when I was in elementary school, and this is something that I had completely blocked out of my memory, is that I studied a lot of theater because in, in Argentina, where I'm from, theater is a class that you take in elementary school. Everyone takes it. Everyone takes like it. Music, music, theater, and art. You have to take it. And then if you like it, you can continue to take it as an extracurricular activity, you know, kind of like as an elective. Mm -hmm. And I, I used to love doing that, love it. So, but that was me, you know, just doing this thing in school. And then when, once I started deciding that I wanted to be an engineer, this artistic side of me disappeared. And the inflection point for me to start looking inside was when I put myself in the box of you're an engineer, and I just didn't fit in it. It just was very uncomfortable. I was not happy. And I had moved and left my family in South America to study engineering and hitting that wall that I hated it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not kidding you. I did not enjoy the process of studying engineering at all. I, I liked the lifestyle of being, you know, being alone in the United States. I liked the opportunities that going to study gave me, but the actual act of studying engineering brought tremendous pain to me. And in martial arts triggered this, it gave me that introspective uh, avenue. And then it also gave me this creative artistic outlet because for me, it was all about the movement and all about that. And that took me later on into yoga. Uh, one of my good friends is a, a very successful, even back then, yoga teacher, I'm talking 2004 invited me to start assisting his classes because he had too many people. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, but I've never done yoga. He's like, it's so good. You're a martial artist. You know how to move the body. When someone's doing something stupid and going to hurt themselves, just put them in a better position. I was like, ah, I can help you with that. So I went there. And uh, the first thing I noticed is that I was in a room full of women. <laughs> and that was very different than studying engineering and doing uh, martial I arts. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, this is nice. Um, but it was very uh, different for me. Uh, and then, you know, that kind of wore off quick because I got into the practice. I felt fascinated by the practice. So then I graduated college and when I moved to Miami, I decided to put martial arts in pause and just focus on yoga. So I did a whole year of, of studying yoga, uh, like six, seven classes a week. Um, and I just fell in love with that practice. And I realized that there was a lot within the yoga practice that I had already been doing through martial arts. It wasn't called yoga, but it was the same thing, Yeah. right? It was the breathing, it was the meditation, and it was the stretching. Just yoga, is yoga to me is martial arts, but you're not allowed to punch and kick people. To mm. me, it's the same thing. 
<laughs> you know, if, if I could pause you and ask you, because yeah. you, you, you said, you know, you, you think a lot. Mm. And, you know, that was like your, your history, like your, your background. And then you got into these, you know, a lot of, we can say like using your body, body-based practices. Right. And, you know, having like the experience of, of the two, mm. um, what would you say that maybe people who are very cerebral or like they're, they're mm. just the engineer, they don't have this physical practice. Right. What do you think that they're missing? Like, what is it that they don't know that they don't? Do? Man, that's a good question. And, uh, and this is something that I realized later on in my, in my path because I didn't realize it at the moment. We, we tend to separate our, our idea of being, our idea of existing, especially of idea of existing well, our idea of wellness in the balancing of the mind, the body and the soul or the mind, the body and the spirit. I think that is completely wrong and it's the cause of a lot of our disease. The fact that we think we're the only animal that has a body, a mind, and a spirit. Mm. Every other animal is doing what they do, and they don't suffer from any of our ailments. All right? We're the ones that are trying to use the brain too much, use the body too much, or use the spirit too much. And the reality is that that's not true. We don't have that. That We made that up. We made that up so that we can feel comfortable that we're abusing a part of our existence, but it's not a part of us. There, we are, we are in, we, we, you cannot separate that. Mm -hmm. You cannot separate this. Uh, it's, it's, it, the, the, the way that we talk about it is, is it's, it's conceptually wrong. So even explaining it makes no sense. What I'm saying is that we are, we just are. And anytime that you create these divisions, you disintegrate the person. So what was I missing? I was missing myself and I was just using my brain, which is a specific part of my body, which is not who I am. So I was losing the opportunity to discover myself by only using a small part of my existence. Kind of like I only use my right hand and my left hand never. So, <laughs> well, if you start using your left hand all of a sudden, you realize that there's so much more you can do with two hands, right? So yeah. that's what you were, it's because you realize that you're bigger than you thought you were, that you can occupy and you can experience a lot more than you thought you could, but you just never realize it because your whole life you use only one hand. <laughs> and were you starting to receive like some type of unlocks or insights or you, you just had this practice and you said well I'm, I'm i'm thinking i'm engineering i do this martial arts stuff i'm just doing what i'm doing or was it when you started with the martial arts you said oh i need to keep on with this because like it's it's changing me and who i am in a, in a much better way and it makes me more whole absolutely absolutely martial arts gave me a sense of um a sense of of self-reliance and security and trust that maybe I didn't have. And also for me, being a young man, moving to a new country and leaving your whole family and friends behind, you, you tend to feel very alone. And especially, I, I mean, I was already an only child, so I grew up alone. So for me, it's, it's and even to today, feeling alone is, is my biggest struggle. You did, it's my you did, biggest challenge. You did so alone. having a Say that again? I was saying you did a lone square by coming to the US. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, fuck. But, but martial arts gave me this security, gave me this sense of well-being. And it also allowed me to use this intellect that I have to, and apply it on a different field. Mm -hmm. And what that made me realize later on, and, and, and as I continued using the practice to develop myself, is, hey, you're not this kid that's just smart. And this is, this is one of the things, this is one way that we destroy the youth by telling them, you are so good at this. It's the worst thing you can tell a kid, honestly. Because yeah. I was told, you're so intelligent, you're so smart. And I was obese and no one was saying, no one was saying shit about that. Yeah. I'm like, stop celebrating what the kid is good at already. I'm not saying point old only what they're bad at, but we just, and I grew up thinking that I had 
to be an engineer. Thank God I was able to manage the, the shock that I got when I actually got to study this thing that I don't even remember choosing, right? But it was just downloaded onto me. because You're so smart. You're so intelligent. Blah, blah, blah. I, I, I'm not good at math. And I ended up studying engineering. And yeah. I ended up graduating. <laughs> I made it work. But it's, 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 we're, we got to be very careful. So what the practice did was undo all this programming that I had that had put me in this particular box, like this yeah. lane, that every time I wanted to step outside of it, I felt this weird discomfort. But what I realized with the practice is that as I did, I discovered more of myself. Yeah. And I started realizing that this, it's undeniable that I like thinking and that I'm pretty smart. But the fact that I was just going to use it, like if everything went that way, I would have just used my intellect for engineering. Yeah. Where now I use it to understand uh, the, the, the inner workings of, of, of the mind, how our emotions work, how come our body can heal, how can our body get hurt. How can we rest better? How can we eat better? How can we feel more? How can we feel less? Like I've taken all that engineering mind and applied it to this machine. Yeah. Hi there, this is Dominic and I'm interrupting my own podcast to bring your attention to my four week one-on-one coaching program. This program is for women who need dating results that are different and better than the ones they're getting. Let me help you with all my tools of self-development, spirituality, and hundreds of client engagements to transform you into a woman that dates with confidence and joy and easily attracts the partner that is perfect for you. Dating can be fun and you can be successful at it every time. Let me show you how. To learn more, go to my Instagram at innerpeaceadvisor and click the link in my bio or just DM me. You know, there's, that's beautiful i really love what you're saying and you know i'm gonna like try to tease out little things and probably just repeat what you've, you've already said but I, I really want to make sure this this doesn't pass by too quickly you know even myself people in the audience because you know you you said the martial arts gave you this feeling of like you know trust and insecurity which is something that i find is like tremendous in terms of a benefit that anyone can have because a lot of times people say you know i i don't I don't trust myself. I don't trust mm-hmm. other people. You know, not feeling secure or safe can lead to lack of confidence, low self-esteem, and then you're you're operating from these these points. Right. And you know, when it comes to identity, like at all times, like you know, we we are only who we think we are. And so, you know, if you're getting reinforcement, like wow, you're so smart, you're so brilliant. Smart and brilliant people do engineering. You're like, okay, I'm smart, this, that, and the other. And like you said, you know, people weren't giving you the message saying, okay, well, there's these like six factors for a human being. On this like one factor, you're knocking out of the park. It's outstanding. Hey, you know, there's these other five factors we just like to introduce you to, <laughs> to, to see, you know, where, where you might want to take some next steps, if, if, mm-hmm. if anything there. And... I, you know, my observation is like, you know, people, you know, they, they have this identity and they just keep doing things to confirm their identity. You know, I'm smart. I do engineering, you know, I'm, I'm creative. I do artistic stuff and they, they don't press into these other areas, which is what you said, you know, the martial arts really encourage you to do. It. And you said it, it really deconstructed that conditioning. It took down those walls and those barriers. And you're like, Oh, well, I, I could be this. I could do this. I are I I am also this. I am these many things. Or I'm I'm curious. Did you ever get to the point where, where you said, you know what? Actually, the realization I have is that I have absolutely no idea who I am, but but I get a chance to discover it. Exactly. And this is what Budokan helped me do. So Budokan was what came for me after I went deep into yoga. Once I lived in Miami, Budokan is actually a mix of yoga, martial arts, meditation, and uh, mind science, we call it. It's a lot of studying and introspection, and neuroscience, philosophy. Uh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful art form. It's what I think forged me into the man that I am today. It is c- continues to be the base of my philosophy of life. And 
And the journey of, of, of becoming a black belt in Budokan was, uh, it was only the, the first martial arts that I wanted to get a black belt in. Like I was not gonna stop till I got a black belt. A lot of the other ones I was like, ah, oh, cool, that was fun. I'm pretty good at it, moving on. And this one I was like, I'm not gonna stop because, it's, because every step of the way, the, the, the discoveries were so big. And what I've realized about a lot of yoga styles and a lot of martial arts styles is that they, they don't claim to do this, but this is where it ends up going. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but this is what I've noticed. It's that as you invest yourself in the martial art more or in the yoga style more, you become a lot better at that martial arts style and at that yoga style. And you become more invested in it. And you become deeper in it. And your life becomes kind of second nature. Mm. Or the, the style that you are in or the, or the practice that you're in becomes your identity. So you were asking me, who are you? I feel like a lot of people get into these practices and then that becomes who they are. Yeah. Which I think it's dangerous because that's what you're doing. That doesn't mean that's who you are. <laughs> right? Yeah. Budokan to me was different because from day one, it was like, I don't care how good you are at fighting or if you can put your foot behind your head. If you're still an asshole, it's not working. Yes. Right? So for us, is this is not about what we're doing here. This is about how you're living out there. So it was part of the system to check in regularly on how your life is doing. And everyone was encouraged to have their own identity, their own personality, their own desires, their own goals, and we would all support each other in it. Mm-hmm. And in that, the school continued to grow, and it is what Budokan is now today. But it was always about how are we going to make you a better person? Not how are we going to make you a better fighter? Who gives a fuck? Like, I don't care. Like, we don't need more fighters. There's not enough fights <laughs> for more fighters to be needed, right? But there's, there's enough disagreements. There's enough people that need help. There's enough conflict. And all of that can be resolved without fighting and without putting your foot behind your head. So being better at yoga, being better at martial arts is really an irrelevant skill. But, but if you're really paying attention, it's like improv for you and I. Being a better improviser is like how often does going on a stage save, save a life? Never, but maybe not overthinking. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Right? That's useful. But that's if you're using it. If you now became this improv actor that that's all you do and you live for acting and then the rest of your life is in shambles, then it didn't do anything for you. So the practice doesn't do anything for you. It, you do, at the end of the day, you gotta show up. You gotta do, you gotta live by the lessons of the practice that you learn. That's why now that I'm doing the Wim Hof method and I'm teaching ice bath and breath work, to me, it's the same lesson again and again and again and again. I love the fact that I continue to teach because I love teaching. But mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter what I teach. If I'm teaching engineering or if I'm teaching yoga or if I'm teaching martial arts, or if I'm teaching an animal locomotion workshop or if I'm teaching integrative living, whatever it is that I teach, I just love explaining to people how the mechanism works. So at the end of the day, I'm always teaching engineering. Always teaching engineering. So, so let's expand on that because you know, I was going to ask you to tell succinctly and you did but you got to at least unpack it for me. Maybe it would benefit other people. So yeah, you no said you're always teaching them engineering. What's another way of saying that? Because you said you're, no matter what you're teaching, you're always teaching them the same lesson. So yes. what is that lesson? Like in, in, a, in a nutshell, a little bit, little bit more than engineering, but so people can go, oh, this is, this is the lesson. This is a life lesson. This is like if right. I incorporate it, you know, right. expands. I think it's the same lesson is, are you being honest? It's the lesson. Are you here? Are you paying attention? And are you being honest? Martial arts is amazing in teaching you that. Because if you're not paying attention, you get kicked in the face. <laughs> right? In engineering, if you're not paying attention, a bridge collapses and people die. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. In yoga, if you're not paying attention, maybe you overstretch and you get injured. Right? Or if you're not paying attention, you're not, you're not learning the lessons. In meditation, it's the same. If you're distracted, you're not gonna have a good meditation. You're not gonna let, you're not gonna get the messages that come. You're not gonna open that subconscious mind and gain clarity. 
right? So if you're not here, you're not paying attention, you're being dishonest. You're missing this moment and you are suffering because of that. So for me, it's, 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 it's a, when I say I'm teaching engineers, I'm teaching science. It's very simple. If you're here, life is good. If you're avoiding being here, you're suffering. That's the experiment. It's been proven over and over, and you can apply the scientific method to it. When you're present, you could be having the worst fucking day of your life. But if you're present, it feels good. It so, feels real. It feels honest. So would you equate the two? Because we hear a lot of mm -hmm. you know, the key to life, to be present. You know, Eckhart Tolle, power of now. Do you equate the two? Well, to be present is to be honest. Uh, no. Ah, okay. <laughs> That's good. Right. To be present is not to be honest. Uh, to be present is to realize. Mm -hmm. and then to be honest is to live based on that realization. Mm -hmm. Right? Because you can know, you're like, I know I'm full of shit and I'm going to continue to be full of shit because it's easier to be full of shit. No, that's dishonest, and that's why you're suffering. Yes. So realizing is not enough. It's the beginning. Then it's how you build to the next present, right? Because the present moment is always this moment, and this moment, and this moment, and this moment. You can be completely aware that you're in the wrong place. But if you don't make a move that is honest with what you want, right? Mm -hmm. Not honest with what's easy, honest with what you want, then you're going to suffer. So it's not, I, I find like being present is a very, first of all, it's a tremendously esoteric principle mm. that when you try to narrow it down to a phrase, the language doesn't do it the justice. So yeah, Eckhart Tolle can say like the secret of life is being present. And you're like, thank you, Eckhart. Explain that. Like that, you'd said nothing. You just made me feel like you know the stuff and that I'm broken. Because <laughs> mm. being present, what does that mean? So for me, it's about, and this is where engineering comes up. It's like, this is a phone. That's not what an engineer would say. An engineer would say, this is a communication device that works this way, that's, all, that's powered by this battery, that it's used with this interface. Like, how does it work? So for me, being present doesn't matter. I mean, it does, but it's, I'm interested in the process, in the mechanism of being present. Gotcha. And, and so you said, you know, being honest is taking those realizations from being present and, and mm -hmm. using them. So it's, it sounds like that, that also equates if you're honest, you're also taking action. Is that what you would say? Yes. So in the, in, in, in the system that I work with in integrative living, there's two, there's six fields of human endeavor. There's six areas of your life where you can spend time and energy, right? So the, the two that you're referring to are mental presence. Mental presence is the fact that your awareness operates based on reality, not in this illusion, as close as you can, right? So mental presence, your mind is grounded in the present moment, right? And then movement. Movement is any action that you carry out. There's different types of movement. There's conscious, subconscious, and unconscious movement. So when we're talking about mental presence and conscious movement, right, those two things together, that's what I'm talking about. Being present and then being honest with your actions and, and being in line with your values, with your goals, and, and, and supporting the lifestyle that you're trying to create. So if your actions are in line with that, then you're going to inevitably go towards happiness. That's the formula of wellness and happiness. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, people think it's very complicated, but it's like baking a cake, right? Like uh, I was talking to a, to, a, to, a, to a student about this earlier today. You know, if you put flour, sugar, eggs, butter, and flavor, you're gonna get a cake. You mix that, you mix that and you put it in the oven, the cake's gonna come out. You're not gonna get barbecue out of that, right? So, but you, there's people that can put that thing in the, in the oven, close the oven and be like, oh my God, I hope it's a cake, I hope it's a cake. Trust the freaking process. It's gonna be a cake. Yeah. You did what you needed to do, the cake is gonna come out. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, if you're present and you act honestly, you're gonna be happy and you're gonna heal. Now, being present takes work. And acting according to your values takes courage. And that's why people usually don't want to do it. 
because it's easier to not work and it's easier to be scared. Because by the way, our brain is designed to do that. So, so what about what about awareness of a path or the path? Because you know, you, you said that you know, like people won't take these steps. What about just even even knowing that there are like steps to take? Because you mentioned something about healing. Like, so, like, so, so you're not going to heal if you're not doing this. But have you encountered, or what are your thoughts of a person like where you kind of pick up on? And it's like, wow, they're unhealed. And they actually have no idea why they're in this state. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I didn't know that I, I thought my life was amazing. You know, I, think I, I grew up in a good family. I have good parents. They never beat me. I've never been a victim of any abuse. I'm fucking amazing. And then when I realized that my whole life story was a lie, <laughs> I didn't know. You think that didn't break me a little? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So I want to capture what what was what was the the lie that you're you're that you're actually happy with yourself. <laughs> the lie was that when you become an engineer, you're gonna fulfill your life's destiny. Ah, and then I'm oh. like, that's not my destiny. And I had all these struggles. That's not what I'm supposed to be doing. And yeah. then you know, and then cool because it forced it, it it you know hit that wall, took me into this journey of discovering who I am and who I want to be in life. But yes, there's a lot of people that don't, look, to me, it's, it's almost like if you, if you have some, if you have, you know, healing is something that I try to be very careful using because it's, it, 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 it assumes that you're unwell, you know? And a lot of people are very, very happy, even though they've had things in their life that they'd rather not have. That doesn't mean that they're sick and that doesn't mean that they need healing. We gotta be, I think that we gotta be very, careful with that um, but there are certain injuries right physical or emotional that you carry and they haven't fully healed yes yeah. and there's people that one don't know that they're injured let me call it injury yeah so that it's easier for people to understand right like you're like let's say your whole life you have this shoulder pain and because you had it your whole life you don't know and it turns out that your mom dropped you as a baby and you dislocated your shoulder and it's always been out I don't know. You have this injury that you aren't even aware of. Then there's people that are aware of their injuries, but they're not aware that there's a way to treat them. Mm -hmm. Like these people are like, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I have this condition and there's no cure for it. And all of a sudden there's this thing that could do it, right? Like I, a lot of people that I meet through the, the, through the Miami Ice Club, through the, the Wim Hof Method teaching that I do are people that we're going to give up because they thought that there was no cure for what they have. And it turns out that they start doing this breathing and this cold exposure and all of a sudden they start feeling better and they start, um, they start recovering and they start getting their life force back. And it's amazing. You know, when I got into the Wim Hof method, I, I, I didn't have any, any physical or mental issues that I wanted to work, but it definitely made me better. Yeah. So tell me about that, the, the, the giving up. You said like you met people who are giving up. So maybe you give a couple of cases because I always want people to, to identify, oh, that, that might be me. I might be. Oh, the okay. That's a really good question. Because my life is amazing. And so, and so from the people that just had to wake up, even to maybe the person that said like, yeah, I'm seeing you because basically I'm trying this because like the next step for me is, is death. So whatever might right. look interesting. Well, and, and, and you know what? And I like to keep it with that sense of urgency. Okay, mm -hmm. but let's pick, let's pick different scenarios where either I do this or I die. Okay. Right? And it may not be a physical death, but it could be some sort of an irreparable cost. Right? Yeah. So, for example, let's say, well, you know, I'm getting this offer to work uh, more in my job. I'm already tired. I'm already overworked. I'm already seeing some other aspects of my life suffering because I work too much. But this offer, it's too good to, you know, it's too good to refuse. So, but I, I know that if I, if I take it, it's, it's going to be very good financially, but, it, but I know it's going to destroy the rest of my life. But mm -hmm. I feel like I have to because I have to, because it's a great opportunity. What a story, right? It's a great opportunity. Is mm -hmm. it? I thought you just told me that it was going to ruin your life. 
<laughs> right? But that's because, because we've gotten very clever about taking chunks of our life. Yeah. The only animal that can section their life, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, at work, I'm doing great, but my wife is ready to murder me at night. You're like, mm, okay, no animal would put up with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but we are good at that. So that's a situation where either you change or you keep going with what's easier and you die. Right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe you feel trapped in a relationship. Maybe you're in a relationship that just is not what you want anymore for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even have to be that. Uh, I'm recently divorced. I was married for 10 years to a beautiful person that I still continue to love. I just don't think we should be married to each other mm -hmm. because we don't agree on our values, right? Mm -hmm. So it took a lot of courage to dissolve a family of 10 years, to have to explain it to the kids, to have to do all of that, to have to tell everybody that this is no longer happening, especially when everyone thought, oh my God, if you guys were perfect for each other, it turns out we weren't, mm -hmm. right? But it would have been easier to just keep it going. And honestly, we kept it going a little longer than we should have, but we stopped it at the right time. But some people are stuck in these relationships and they don't feel like they can get away. But because they don't know that there's an option, they don't know that there's a tool. So there's a disease or there's, a, there's an injury, right? Mm -hmm. And there's no awareness of the exit strategy. The only thing that there is, is the sudden inevitable death or this completely unknown path that is scarier that yeah. takes more work and it takes more risk because it takes more work and more risk to divorce your, to dissolve your family and see how you can do it than staying in the family and sucking it up. You already are doing it. Like if you felt it already, you already been doing it. <laughs> right? So your brain is like, look, we're really good at this. Why are we going to spend more energy and accept more risk that can kill us? Screw that. You know, our brain is not designed for managing marriage. It's designed for managing tigers eating us so anything that takes energy and sticks your neck out too far your brain's not going to want to do it and, so, and it'll I'm, keep you away from it actively too it'll actively keep you away but now when you start dedicating yourself to these practices that help you build your self-reliance and your self-confidence it makes you and then and you work on this practice that make you develop your mental presence you're like wait a second that's just my brain saying some crazy shit. I'm strong. I can count on myself. I'm going to go into the unknown and I'm going to see what happens. Because if I don't, then I know I'm going to die. A part of me will die. And you will not be able to. It's like, yeah, maybe you can do some work later on when you're 80 to figure it out. But why? Right? So I think that when you're asking, it's like, what's the secret or what's the thing that I'm trying to teach people is like, are you being honest right now? And that's the present moment right now. Are you being honest right now with yourself? And are you living honestly? Not just being honest with yourself, but living honestly. Because you know what you got to do. But if you're not doing it, then you're living dishonestly. It's like knowing the truth, but living a lie. That's dishonest. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and so when, when people walk in, so it might be, we use three different vectors. They, they could come in uh, through, you know, the, the Wim Hof method, and they could mm -hmm. come in, say, through Miami bath, you know, cold therapy, cold plunges. Yeah. I could, could come in through, like, uh, Budokan. What's yeah. the um, what's the fundamental insight you want them to get in all this right away? Is, is it be honest or... Because, you know, you may only see them once, you know, maybe in and out, yeah. right? So like, yeah. what's the key thing you're like, okay, I want to make sure if anything, they at least walk away with, with this. Yeah. And you know, this happens a lot at the ice club because on Fridays we have this intro class at 6 PM and I get, I know sometimes I get 50, 60 people mm -hmm. to come to the ice club on a Friday at 6 PM. And out of those 60 people, 40, I don't see again. Yeah. You come to, we do something called a two-class intro. So you come two Fridays in a row. Uh, and the rest of the people are the people who become members and start coming Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Right? So 
I, 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 I've gotten very used to working with people just one or two times. And what I've started telling people, and this is going to sound weird, but see if you can follow along. It's the, the, any of these practices, any of these, what I do like about the Wunhoff method is that you get the lesson they want. Martial arts takes forever. You may be in martial arts your whole life and never get it. Yoga, same thing. Mm -hmm. Wim Hof, you get it. Day one. The breath work is just so good. You don't even have to get in the ice, by the way. It's just the breathing. The breathing within the Wim Hof method is so specific and it's so special. Not because Wim made it special or because I have any particular preference of anything. I can tell you that out of all the breath work techniques that I've done in my life, and I've done a lot of them, this one works. And it brings you to such a conscious meditative space because it stops your prefrontal lobe from being so hyperactive, right? So all these doubt and all this thinking subsides, which gives you a little bit of presence with your subconscious mind, and it lets you listen instead of think so much. So that's what I like about the Wim Hof Method. And what I realized is that, hey, and this is the lesson that I teach, I always say, if this thing does one thing and one thing only, is that it makes you realize that you're an asshole. <laughs> It, it, an asshole to, to yourself or, or to others? I don't know. You tell me. I, I taught you the breath work. Now you got to do the work, right? It's, I gave you the realization. And I just gave him that. I was like, you're being an asshole to yourself, to some people, to your family, to your, to, to, to your life, you, to your body. Sometimes you're being an asshole to your body. Like mm. I have these, uh, these guys that are, uh, that are professional athletes. They're torturing themselves. They're destroying their body. They're being assholes. What I'm saying is, Every one of us in this moment is being careless about something. Mm. That's really what I'm talking about. It's being unaware of something. It's being dishonest about something. See, there's, this little, there's all these little blind spots that you could be doing. And I think the secret to opening a door to a happy life, to an honest life, is realizing that you have work to do. I think that the biggest disease that we have right now in our society is arrogance. There's so many people that are like, I know, I know, I know. Oh yeah, I know, I know, I know. Shut the fuck up, you don't know. And you know how I know you don't know? Because I know I don't know. And I've done this work for fucking four decades now and I'm still, I'm still the biggest asshole in the room. And I'm aware of that, right? So <laughs> it, it, how can I be running the show and be the biggest asshole and you know everything? But it's okay, because mm. that's why they come to us. That's why they come to those people who are investing their time and energy to spread this message and to do this work. This work is, you know, we're lucky because now there's success in this work and there's good money in the work that we do. But for the longest time, this was, this was a labor of love. Like we weren't doing wellness because it paid the bills great, mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, now you can. Thank God, because I think it's, wor it's, it's worth it. And also because I think that there's people that have a very specific talent on that. I'm lucky that I could do, like if, if, if nowadays wellness became illegal, I could still pay the bills with any of my other skills, right? So I'm blessed with that. But there's people that are just amazing at being wellness facilitators. And the fact that people can live off of that nowadays, I think it's a blessing. I think it's, I think it's, it's timely because... I also feel like it's a time where a lot of people need it the most. Um, society is doing an excellent job of making people very uncomfortable and very um, ill, I think, with all this social media, with all this access to so much information all the time. The fact that people are processing so much irrelevant information and just wearing themselves out, running their mental machine pointlessly, uh, it's, it's psychotic. So the fact that I think that if you're going to learn one thing from me is just realize that you're, you're being, you're being, you're being dishonest. Yeah. It's not that you're lying, but that doesn't mean, and I like saying you're being an asshole because it kind of perks ears up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It makes people be like, what, what are you talking about? But the reality is, is we are, we're being dishonest. We are, uh, but, 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 but dishonest, not in, a, in an evil way or in a conniving way. We're being dishonest because we're either not brave or not aware. 
like you, you like you asked, it's like it's, people are not doing their work, but is it because they can't or because they don't know that there's a work that they could be doing? So for us, that's why when you ask me, say, hey, can you be in my podcast? I'm like, of course, man. Let's help. Let's you're spreading the message. Um, you're if if this if this if this phrase gets into one ear and that thought makes that person uh, be interested in in healing, then then we did our job, brother. Maybe that's the only reason why we were born. I don't know. We'll figure it out later. But for now, this is fun. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love spreading the message, getting, getting like the word out there, um, you know, whether it's just hope, there's possibilities. Um, you know, I know there's like, you know, discomfort. And then yeah, I know there's like, you know, people having like different like mental anguish and stuff. And, you know, I just feel... You know, some people like I have friends who feel like we're here for bliss and happiness and and I don't know about that, but I definitely think like, you know, we, we can enjoy, you know, our, our lives or like enjoy most of our lives, you know, and things pop up, we can process those in the ways that like, you know, doesn't doesn't wreck us. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I definitely love getting information out there, you know, m- m- my particular path. So like I'm a dating relationship coach because Mm -hmm. I found like, you know, relationships present a a particular container for you to just kind of like be looking at yourself in the mirror all day long. And so Mm -hmm. whether you have the realization that that you're an asshole, if you don't have that realization, you'll you'll have someone there to tell you that you're being an asshole. And so, you know, the the mistake I find is people, you know, they get that message and they say, well, that hurts. So, so let me just. (laughs) And rather than just taking that as like, you know, thank you, teacher, thank you, guru, I'll take this message, this learning and use as an introspective process to cleanse myself of of this. So, you know, I I, I find it a particularly fun area to work at because not only are people like working on themselves or, you know, I definitely nudge in that direction. They're, They're getting all this information from another party that knows them really well that is essentially trying to, to help them being honest, or at least from the, the way that right. they, they right. and I think what also goes hand in hand with that, I mean, like, there's not going to be a great relationship unless there's like a great relationship with the self. So, yeah. you know, I always like try to encourage people to do that. And thus, like, we're, we're talking you know like you know mm-hmm. Budokan I've heard it's like top notch you know prior to this call you know, Wim Hof method you know like international like uh, acclaim with that and you know I don't know if it's what I look at or it's just you know the zeitgeist where we are today but you know I, I can't go a couple of days without hearing someone talk about or seeing some information on like you know cold plunges and ice baths mm-hmm. and like how transformative that is so mm-hmm. you know, it seems like you've got kind of like the triumvirate of like <laughs> <laughs> the the most uh, transformative practices out there for the self. Yeah, I think you know. I think to 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 add to that, I think it's man, meditation is the most important thing you can do. I think, I think, but I think meditation gets. I think people um, think of meditation as something really big. Um, there's meditation practice, right, where you sit down and you just watch your thoughts. And, you know, I, I started with traditional Zen meditation. Very simple. You just sit down and shut up. There's no mantra. There's no counting. There's no breathing. There's just shut up, sit down, stop, stop. Mm-hmm. And that continues to be my favorite meditation practice. Just shut up, stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so if people did that more often, It'd be amazing. And what's beautiful after you have a practice for it is that you can call that meditative state and now you're meditating instead of practicing meditation. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for me, meditation is when you are quiet and you can see. And, and, and that's where you need that to be able to be honest. Because if you can't see, what, what, how can you tell the lie from the truth, right? Yeah. So, so for me... Yeah, the, 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 I think, I mean, if, if I can throw a theory of why ice baths are so famous right now or so successful right now, it's because people are fucking crazy. 
right now. Not that people are crazy, but but this way that we're living our life, our lifestyle breeds psychosis. Mm. The way the, the fact that we're always looking at the screen, the fact that we're always getting bombarded with data that we need to be processing, and the fact that we're constantly broadcasting data, it's insanity. Now, and that's a lot of mental work. Mm. I remember when I was a kid, okay, and I threw a tantrum. I remember one very specific day that my cousin came to visit me. We were kids, we were like five, six years old, something like that. And it was time for him to go home. And we both threw like a total tantrum, right? So my aunt took my cousin away and I just kept being fucking nuts. Of course, we spent all day eating like candy and playing and running and that. So we were like kids throwing a tantrum. And, and uh, I grew up with long hair. My dad grabbed me by the hair, fucking took me to the, to the bathroom, put my head under the shower and fucking turn on the cold shower. Middle of the winter, Buenos Aires, that water was cold. And that was original Wim Hof. That was my introduction to <laughs> cold exposure. But that snapped me out of my delusion. Because my what was going on in my head? Oh my God, I don't want my cousin to go. When am I going to see him again? I'm never going to see him again. The fun is going to end. Happiness is going to stop. I'm going to die. Like Who knows what I was going through? But I was acting irrationally. Because all that was happening was my cousin was going home. And we were actually going to see each other the next day. Mm. So my actions were dishonest with what was happening. Does that make sense? Yes. My actions did not meet reality. They were unreasonable actions. My dad took my, uh, he couldn't explain it to me. So he did something that snapped me out of it. The reason why I think right now ice baths are so popular, especially, well, you know what's really interesting? New York, LA, that's where they're the most popular. And you know what? Last time I went to those two cities, people are fucking crazy. Mm. So it snaps you out of this psychosis that we're living in right now. Now, to me, I really wish we didn't need ice baths to do that. I wish we could all put this fucking thing down so that we don't have to need an ice bath. It's a, the benefits, the physical benefits are undeniable. I would like to see people deal. Look, if you're, if you're already there and an ice bath is the only thing that's gonna get you to snap out of it, come. That's why we created the ice club. There's ice baths three times a week. There's no cold water in Miami. You can't open your faucet and get and, and snap out of it. So we need a place, we need a group, and we need support, and we need guidance. That's why we created the Miami Ice Club, so that you can get it. Now, I hope you don't need it forever. I hope you keep coming for the community. I, I hope you keep coming for the lessons. I hope you keep coming, but not because your mind doesn't stop. Like, if your mind doesn't stop, turn off the podcast and throw your, throw your phone out the window right now. You're healed. Yeah, there's yeah. no more information that's going to fix an overload of information. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm identifying with with what you're saying. You know, the, the the clients I work with, you know, I definitely do like lifestyle inventory and mm. um, you know, typically things that go into the mix. And you know, I like I wish I could do it myself, but I'm not able to. You know, I'm just saying like, well, throw out the TV <laughs> and and get off your phone. Well, the thing is that if you have a phone. You have a TV. Yeah, it's true. Right? It's true. So here's the other thing is that people are like, I don't watch TV. Really? You don't? So how come you watch a documentary about Wim Hof? Where do you watch it? Oh, I watch that on my iPad. And that's not a TV? Mm -hmm. That's not allowing you to televise, to see things that are not here? Tele, distance, vision. Yeah. So this lets you see things that are not here. The fact that we're having a conversation and we're not with each other, that's television. Mm -hmm. Right? Entertainment, televised entertainment. I don't see the danger in it if you use it for entertainment. But if you use it so that you don't have to think about the fact that you're an asshole, that's a problem. Yeah. Well, see, but we're constantly doing this thing because we don't want to stop and do this thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think there's there's a balance. I mean, I, I definitely appreciate what you said because you, you still have the screen, you still have the capability to do all the things. And, you know, it doesn't have to be draconian, but for sure the balance. And, I, you know, as you're bringing this point up, it reminds me of what 
was said earlier, like, you know, you were, you were a, a smart, very cerebral person. And yet that was like out of balance with the other parts of you. So it doesn't mean to be less smart. It just means like, okay, well, there's, there's these other things to, to experience and, and balance in that. So. And, and, and you know what I found is that I got to feel more smart mm. because I was smart in other areas of my life. Yeah. yeah. Right? So like when, when, I, when I do any type of coaching or any type of counseling, it comes, you know, the, the fact that I can see the mechanisms of things, that comes just tremendously useful. Like when you were explaining just now about relationships, I'm already like, it's because I love the process of something unfolding and, and I wanted to uh, unfold more elegantly. That is something that martial arts taught me to, to make more, uh, more efficiency of your movement, to make more grace of your movement, to be sure that your movements are necessary. Uh, and all of that, when you couple it with, with the other way of thinking with the engineering mind, then you have that. So I'm, say, I'm not saying go out there and get yourself an engineering mind. What I'm trying to say is that, hey, you may be a lot more capable of what you're giving yourself credit for, but you're just not experiencing enough of life to mm. use your essence into different things, yeah. right? I, I don't think my intelligence is my best quality. I think it gets in the way many times. I think my kindness and my level of care are probably a lot more useful. They're probably a lot more useful for other people, right? So what, when, when you're experiencing and when you're locked into just the thing that you do, and then you're, and then you're using all these coping mechanisms to not go step outside of this lane that you put yourself in, you're missing out on growth. And growth is not always painful. It's many times very pleasurable. Uh, you know, I, I, I think when you told me earlier, that I have some friends that think that we're alive to experience bliss and joy. I agree with that. And I would also say that we're here to experience everything that mm -hmm. we can experience. The sad and the happy, the blissful and the painful. All of that is within our capability. So if you just show up and just experience bliss, okay, cool. You lived a blissful life, but you didn't live a full life. Yeah, you didn't get, right? get, get the full experience of it. You didn't yeah. get the full experience. You didn't get the full range of what this thing could do, right? So for me, growing up in a good home didn't give me the range of growing up in a bad home. <laughs> bad home, whatever that means, right? So, but working with people, man, I've heard so many stories, right? Yeah. But the fact that I have seen a, a, a healthy household can let me also explain certain things. So the idea is, you want to, or, or it's, it's like having friends that are all like you, that agree with everything you say, that, that you just have the same everything that you eat the same, breathe the same, think the same, vote the same, fuck the same, everything the same, right? It's boring as fuck. Like, honestly, you're never going to grow with that. It's comfortable. It's easy. But what do you do? Why? Why do we need to be comfortable and easy all the time? That's what your brain wants. Yeah. Nobody wants a life that's comfortable and easy. People want a life that's full and adventurous and fun. Yeah, and, and probably what you want sometimes is to rest, right? We're like, oh, I wish life was easier. No, you're just tired, dude, just take a break. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you know, be careful asking that life gets easier because then it gets boring. And you know what's easier? Being in a relationship that's abusive that you are familiar with. That yeah. seems to be the easier thing, but it's tremendously painful. Yeah. It's harder to venture on your own and to face the unknown. I'm not saying it's fun, but easy. I don't know. So, yeah. go ahead. I just want, wanted to add to it, just a small thing. One of the uh, quotes I've heard, you know, actually from a friend of mine, she, she says that comfort keeps you stuck. And, you know, it was, I, I just found it so wise because, you know, I, I see, yes, seeking comfort. I see myself seeking comfort. And then it's also, you know, I, I find myself in the corner. I said, you know, like I thought I wanted this, but actually I don't, I don't want it, you know? And then Tony Robbins mm -hmm. comes in with the, well, this is what people want. They want certainty, but then they want uncertainty, you know? And he says like, you, you want to have like both of those things like present in your life. And I, I do have to say an observation, like life does get a lot more interesting. And 
And I can find you can build that muscle for the uncertainty, for the unknown, where you, you kind of become this, this expert at just kind of stepping out for the next step without necessarily like seeing, seeing the next step there. But you've built this trust in yourself, getting back to that word yeah. that you brought up before, you built this trust in yourself where you're like, whatever happens, like, I know I'm going to be okay. I know I'm going to be able to handle it. I know I'll be able to address this. I know I'll be able to have the internal resources or acquire the resources to address it. Right. And look, there's some people that honestly, a lot of people that I meet that, that come to me for work, they're like, I can't trust myself. And I'm like, okay, cool. What have you done in your life? Um, have, you, have you proven to yourself that you're trust, that, you're, that, you're, that you can trust yourself? Have you ever conquered a challenge? Have you ever put yourself purposely in a struggle to see if you can overcome it? And there's not enough people that have done that. You know, when you when you grow up a martial artist, that's what you get. You know, it's it's either you know, you look, get to a point where you're like, man, I guess they haven't killed me yet. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so I guess I got this. Eventually, you eventually it's undeniable, but. If you don't have a practice, that's what you, that's 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 an issue, because you don't have enough evidence that you are trustworthy. So if right now you can't trust yourself, stop trying to trust yourself. Get working. Get a practice that is going to show you that you can trust yourself, or maybe it's going to prove that you shouldn't trust yourself. That's fine too. But right now you don't even know if you can or cannot trust yourself, and your brain is just not going to trust. Yeah. Well, it, 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 an excellent point. I, I, I love that, you know, get a practice, keep showing up for, for yourself. You know, I um I have this sense like, you know, we could keep on talking, keep on talking. Yeah. But, you know, I respect more of your time. And I usually absent you, our uh, Donato, thank you so much. I mean, you have My given pleasure, gems of, of wisdom. Um, how can people connect with you or with, with what you're doing? Okay. So the main thing that I'm doing right now publicly is the Miami Ice Club. We have classes Mondays and Wednesdays, 7.30 a.m., Fridays at 6 p.m. That's why I teach the Wim Hof Method. I teach the breath work, the mindset training, and the cold exposure, the ice baths, part of the practice. That's really the only public class that I'm teaching right now. I usually do some workshops and some lectures. Like I do a lot of work with the, the guys from Modern Ohm, the big meditation uh, community. Um, so I'm usually involved with, with them. Uh, and then anytime that there's a Budokan event, I tend to show up, right? Because I've been with it forever. So, but the, if you want to find me, show up on Friday at 6 p.m. at the Miami Ice Club. We're inside of the sacred space here in Miami, in Wynwood, mm -hmm. uh, MiamiIceClub.com. Um, if you try to reach me through social media, I will not answer because I don't check social media. I have it to announce what I do, but I don't check it. So the best way to reach me uh, is send me an email. It's in my, you go to my website, donatohelbling.com or miamiiceclub.com. There's a little contact thing there and that'll shoot me an email. And then as soon as you send me an email, what I reply is with my phone number and you can just call me and we can talk. I don't mind talking to people. I don't mind making myself available. Um, I just, uh, I just, uh, I just stay myself away from uh, the social media because <laughs> it hurt my brain. So, uh, so I do that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I, I teach uh, privately. I, I do a lot of coaching, especially with the integrative living work that I do. I also have an online course called the Integrative Living Course. That's a beautiful course. If, you, if you're like, man, I want to make a difference in my life and maybe I'm not in Miami so I can't work with Donato or maybe I just want something that I can work on my own. That's a self-paced course. It's online. It's, it's really fun. And it teaches you to meditate. It teaches you to have a meditation practice. What I like about a meditation practice is that the easiest practice of all, because you just have to stop doing whatever you're doing, now you're meditating, right? The rest requires you to go places and have objects and tools and mats and weights and belts and geese and that. Meditation, you could just, if, if I just stopped talking right now, I'd be meditating, <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's why I put that in my course, because I figured I'll teach you the cheapest, easiest thing to do uh that will make an impact in your life right yeah so those are the ways that you can reach me 
Okay, good. Uh, I'm going to make sure that those in the show notes, so if people are listening, just go to those. I'll put those links there. And Donato, once again, thank you. Thank you, brother. And I'll see you in the theater again soon, okay? Yes. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Healerology. This podcast exists to make your life better. Before you go, I want to bring your attention to my four-week one-on-one coaching program. This program is for women who need dating results that are different and better than the ones they're getting. Let me help you with all of my tools of self-development, spirituality, and hundreds of client engagements to transform you into a woman that dates with confidence and joy and easily attracts the partner that is perfect for you. Dating can be fun and you can be successful at it every time. To learn more, go to my Instagram at innerpeaceadvisor and click the link in my bio or just DM me. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Healerology Podcast. I greatly appreciate your time and presence. Please make sure you're subscribed to this show. Until next time, stay healthy and go within.